0: The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in
1: the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. You are I listening to Musings Behind the Creative. What's your passion? Hi and welcome to another episode of Musings Behind the Creative. I am your host Renata dixon Noosu, and on today's segment, these are our longer segments where I interview other creatives in the industry, in the different sectors and get a bit of a this is your life story from them um, for their journey and how they got to where they're at and get into a point I hopefully share helpful tips or tricks that you guys can use. Like I say all the time, take what you want and leave what you don't need so on that note I'm going to leave my guest to introduce herself.
0: Hey everyone my name is Rebecca Kemiapara I'm an embroidery designer from London I'm half Ghanaian half Nigerian but I was born and raised pretty much in East London and I have a platform called Embellish Talk which I started um, I'd say 2015 I was working in admin and I really didn't like it I quit my job and I started Embellish Talk. To get reacquainted with textiles because I started, I studied that at college, at college yeah. or university. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Okay, so you went to uni and did it? I went to uni, yeah. I went to London College of Fashion um, and I nice. did a degree. So the degree was called Surface Pattern for Fashion Textiles. And in a nutshell, that is basically printing on fabric um, with mm-hmm. the idea of making those turning those fabrics into garments and right I did, I did that for, for four years because I did a foundation first an art and design foundation mm-hmm. and then I did mm-hmm. the degree for three years and graduated in 2007
1: nice okay so let's backtrack a little bit yeah. where your childhood interests did they lead you to this path or you know how did you get to the point that you decided to want to be an embroidery or like a textile artist was that informed by any childhood interests
0: yeah do you know what i I would say later in my childhood as a teenager when my dad used to give me pocket money and i i felt like a little adult so i'd go to the shops um (laughs) i I remember specifically going to uh, wh smith and buying these tea magazines i can't Mm -hmm. remember the names but something said why don't you buy this vogue magazine what is this vogue so i bought mm. it and i took it home and i was flicking through the pages and i couldn't believe how expensive clothes could be the, the clothes that they had in the magazines could be but i was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. drawn to it because it wasn't clothes that you'd see on the high street and i kept yeah. buy, buying it the magazines every month and i got acquainted with the designers i kind of knew who I could tell i could look at the clothes and be like okay that's matthew williamson okay that's Pucci. i started to recognize the the styles and mm-hmm. i was more drawn the only way the reason i could recognize each designer's work was because of the fabric not necessarily the garment they used it was mm-hmm. matthew williamson would use a lot of beadwork a lot of embellishments Pucci was known for a lot of graphic prints bold colorful prints and mm-hmm. that I don't know why I was just drawn to that. I it just interested me, and as I got a bit older, I'd go shopping by myself and buy clothes for myself. And I remember going to New Look, and mm-hmm. buy, buying a skirt in the sale. At the time, I thought it was silk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think New really, <laughs> I don't think New Look does silk garments, but no. I thought it was silk, and it looked yeah. like Prud'homme. And I mm-hmm. remember wearing it, and this lady commenting, like this random lady on the high street in East Ham where I grew up, um, was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I really like your skirt. And I was like, Oh, thank you. I didn't tell her it was from New Look. I really wanted to say it was Poochie,
1: but <laughs> it, it blatantly wasn't. It was £15 times from New Look. But yeah, but how would she have known? You exactly. She probably wouldn't exactly. have known. <laughs>
0: so, like, she, if she, she'd probably look at me thinking, This child is wearing Poochie. I don't think so. Um but yeah that's that's just how I got drawn to it obviously my mm-hmm. parents being Ghanaian and Nigerian they were really interested in in clothing in looking mm-hmm. presentable in having clothes made for them buying fabrics for this person's wedding so that mm-hmm. you're all in, in unison and you're showing up for the family like that was ingrained but I didn't take much notice of it I just it was like regular
1: yeah so it, it becomes makes... background noise sometimes. yeah
0: you're like well you don't even think about it because it's no. so so normal yeah so I guess that had an influence I actually remember when we went to Belgium on a family trip oh mm-hmm. yeah my dad was working in Belgium in Antwerp um, for a couple of months so we went to visit him and we stayed for a week or so and my dad went to this tailor to have clothes made and I thought mm-hmm. it was so cool that he went to this person to decide on fabrics decide on cuts and he got himself measured to make garments I thought wow my dad is super cool look what he's doing yeah yeah I think I was maybe 15 at the time and normally that might bore a child but I just thought it was so
1: interesting I was we were just sitting there waiting for him to have that fitting and I, it really intrigued me Well, see, it's interesting that you say that because it kind of runs into my next question of like exploring your path through critical thinking. Um, On Mm. one of my shows, I started almost like tracking my own path and trying to say, how do I or how did I get to this point? So I kind of broke it down into like four segments of like um, accumulation, internalization, Mm. um, something like. I can't remember the technical word I use now but like yeah. a reconfiguration and then mm. application and I was yeah. saying that this tends to happen like over like it it can happen sequentially but it's almost yeah. like as you're growing up and living life you're collecting data and mm. just by you telling me those things like I'm I I'm able to say okay so this is where this was the point that she started um taking on this um these ideas and sort of like internalizing them in a form of critical thinking Mm. because then it started informing your other decisions no exactly
0: exactly i was just drawn to it there was what else am i gonna do i was it it was so easy to me Mm. it just it just made sense basically it just Mm -hmm. made sense and i enjoyed it and i carried on with it and i studied it at college and the funny thing is, even studying it at college was not my intention. So I did my GCSEs. I failed terribly. I just, really? Yeah, I failed really badly, I know. I, I wasted... swear, I
1: just knew you was like, Rebecca's got her stuff together. Like, she's no, smart. <laughs> no. Do
0: you know what? Because, so I went to secondary school. And for me, secondary school was just a place to hang out with my friends. Um, I had a really strict upbringing. So when I got to school, I just felt really relaxed. I was like, I'm going to talk to my friends. We're going <laughs> to hang out. If I'm honest, there was no there was no subjects that resonated with me. Right. Um, it was a blur. All I remember was hanging out with my friends. And the day I went to get my results and I saw hey. that I failed badly, I felt really crap. I felt like, oh, my God, I've been here for five years years and this is what I've accomplished it really mm. dawned on me that this place as much as you're supposed to have fun you was you're supposed to leave with some sort of an education and I felt like I failed myself and I think that's the first time I really um was responsible with my feelings you know sometimes you make mistakes and you're like yeah whatever you don't even think about it yeah
1: like you just you just push it down the track just and like, just like, keep moving yeah, yeah, just
0: keep it moving. But th- I remember standing in the street with my friend and just, we pretty much got similar results and she was not bothered. And I was Babe. so upset <laughs> and that's when it <laughs> dawned on me when I was like, you're not serious. I should not have been hanging around with you because you're not bothered mm. and I am, and I've wasted time. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I failed my GCSEs and my intention was, with the right grade, that I'd go to mm-hmm. college and I, just, I can't remember what I actually chose to study, but I, was, I wanted to do A-levels. And then when I got to mm-hmm. the enrolment stage, I was like, guys, I didn't get any GCSEs. I clearly have to do my GCSEs again. So I took mm-hmm. another year to do GCSEs at college. I did English, maths, and then I chose textiles and electronics. I chose electronics.
1: Oh, okay. This is where it makes sense. <laughs> this is, yeah, this
0: it's- is... I feel like it was it was meant to be because I had the emotional intelligence to get on with things properly and maturely. Mm. I think if I had mm. done the proper path, you pass your GCSEs, you do A levels, A levels, I might not have done textiles. I might not have um, opened it up and explored it more. So I
1: see that's the thing I liked about you, like in all the students that we had in the textile class you were focused like you would you would come in and do your work like you'd banter but you would come in and do your work and it's only now it's clicking for me that it's because you had that extra year because I kind of had the same experience when I went and did my second degree Mm. and like I had struggled through interior architecture because I previously wanted to do fashion textiles um I uh, go and do um, knitwear at De Montfort University yeah. mm-hmm. and to completely switch they were speaking Spanish for like four years yeah, and like, it was what? it was so hard but then when I got <laughs> into my second degree I was like nah no play play so like, like in yeah. the first week <laughs> you know like it's um what was it that first week where it's just holidays everyone's just kind of getting yeah. in. freshers, freshers week. week yeah yeah <laughs> so like freshers week everyone's doing their ting right but in freshers week we also had to go out and do work and that was really mm. mad for me and when i did interior arc because all the other students was like no nah, we still got two weeks off and i'm like no yeah. they're really setting us work yeah. <laughs> so this time around i was like okay cool um we did the sighting and then the next week I came in with research, yeah, and like course. the other students were looking at me like, "What? She's done a lot of work." Yeah, like they were You're shocked. Damn right, I've
0: done a lot of work.
1: But <laughs> like, it comes, comes with being degree. a mature. It comes with being a mature student. Mm,
0: mm, <laughs> that's it. A mature student. I I think even though it was GCSEs, redoing my GCSEs, I think I was a mature student because I just had that failure behind me. Mm. pushing me to prove to myself that I am worthy of something Mm -hmm. because I because I knew I had potential but it's only when I failed my GCSEs that I realized I had potential
1: sometimes you need the wake-up call I think sometimes Mm. people take their skills or their unknown talents for granted yeah and I think it the reason is because we don't we're not we're not transparent with each other
0: Mm. And in
1: saying that, how could we be transparent with each other in secondary school or like primary school? We were already starting to click up, attitudes are being formed, like exactly group, collective thinking. So exactly. how are you going to be able to be like, yo, like this is hard for this me is and for me. So someone yeah. to like, yeah, it's mad. There's no room for that sort of
0: speaking because you're just trying to fit in with the click. and you're trying yeah. to get that, that boy to fancy you, and you want to look fly in your school uniform. The things we used to think about bruv. yeah it was nonsense <laughs> absolute
1: nonsense. higgy like no waste of time Brother. waste of time bruv
0: a <laughs> waste of time so when I got to college I was like well do you know what I went so I lived in East Ham mm. and I decided then to cut all of my friends off and I, I remember going with my mum to Holloway Road and saying I want to go to this college city in Islington it's far away from mm. home nobody okay. knows me here i'm gonna start afresh so mm-hmm. making that decision at 16 looking back now it's really
1: bold it's so
0: that's bold. that's adult thinking I, I didn't even think of it but looking back now i just decided like i that's a pretty mature thing to do and holloway road from eastland was far
1: it's far it's a track
0: it, it was a mission and it was expensive like to get the to pay for your travel card. I remember showing one of my classmates at college how much I paid for travel. And he was like, Why'd you pay so much? It's four hundred pounds. How can you pay that much as you travel here? I was like, I don't this is it. I'll just come here. This is if my dad says that's all the money you get, then so be it. Cause I can I can make a fresh start, I can make new friends and I can focus. And I'm I'm glad I did it.
1: But that must have been difficult for your old friends. You know how they'll probably say she thinks she's too nice. Who does she think she is? Do you
0: <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't <laughs> look back. Nobody hollered at me. We did I don't even Did I even have a phone then? I can't remember. No, can't. nobody hollered. There's no WhatsApp group. There's no, there's yeah, no Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knew. I wasn't tagging locations and posting pics. There was none of that then. So it was easier to move quietly. Whereas now, you know, you put a lot on Instagram and people will be texting you, people will be emailing you, people will be WhatsApping you, they'll DM you. There's a mm. lot of communication. There was no Facebook. So I just moved on and never looked back. And I don't regret it one bit. I passed my GCSEs. Um, I got two Bs and a C in maths. I do not like maths. So for me to get a C, that mm-hmm. was an A star. I was really pleased with that. And then... Aww. I picked electronics, but I did not enjoy that. I just picked it to please my dad because that was his field. Mm-hmm. But it just, it was really difficult. And I thought, There's n- why am I doing this? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and textiles was easier for me to understand. So I did A-level textiles and media just because mm-hmm. I was i was curious. I thought it was quite creative, a little bit academic. Mm-hmm. So I did those two. Um and then I, after my A levels, I went on to uni to London College of Fashion. I actually wanted to go to Central Saint Martins. I wanted to. Oh yeah, gosh. yeah, I
1: remember that.
0: I wanted to go just because it was the best university. Of course, who does it? Yeah. I didn't even know if the course was right for me. I just wanted to go where the best went.
1: And I, I remember wrote, one of our one of our mutual friends at the time got in, but then I I don't know a couple of years later maybe like she dropped out. I was like, what? <laughs>
0: Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, she's. I think she did one course and then she went to do costume design and was like, no, nah, this ain't for me. I want to do business now
1: or something random like that. It was just like, you got into the top school. Yeah. How? Was so <laughs> you're nice. just so above it. Like, you'll just leave. There's people that want this course. Are dying I dying for this course. You, you I just know. dropped it like you it was tissue, dropped rub. it to go and do business. Mad. I was like, mate. Mad. But, um... <laughs>
0: What was it? So, I I remember going to the interview at St. Martin's with my mum. At the time, we moved to Romford in Essex. So, Mm. no, Chadwell Heath. So, from Chadwell Heath all the way to Holborn. Not Holborn, Farringdon, because they used to have a site on Back Hill Road, I think it's called, in Farringdon. So, my mum came with me. I dressed up like... I look like a black Cindy Lauper. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. I was wearing neons. I had bear stuff on. Because I just was... I wanted to show... I'm fashion, guys. Yo! Ridiculous.
1: I look like a dancer. (laughs) Nah, do you know what? That was why I kind of left the industry. Because when I saw the way, like fashion students behaved and like too much i just want to make beautiful tins I, yeah. I, I don't this is too much externalization every day way too much oh god no, I can't, are you I even can't. working
0: or you're busy dressing
1: bro <laughs> but then this is the thing you know because i worked in a um, high-end fashion so like in my head i thought it would be that level of bouginess like when you meet fashion students mm-hmm. but then to realize that it was just like throw everything on on your wardrobe and just see what fits. And I exactly, just and
0: go with it, and throw some fabric paint on it while you're at it. No,
1: the kind pocket money my parents <laughs> give me, like, and they are not gonna allow me to walk no. out of here looking like Bobo the clown. No,
0: right. <laughs> do you know what, Renata? I remember being in college, and I met this guy that I was dating, and he drove. I remember him picking me up from college. And I painted my jeans with this fabric paint I brought, <laughs> that I took from u- from college. Yeah. But this paint needed to be set with, with something else, and I didn't oh. have that something else. So every time I sat down.
1: Yeah, the paint you damaged was the guy's car. Oh. oh. You know what okay. I had
0: to do, Renata? I put newspaper down on the car seat and then sat yeah. down. Oh I my can't God. believe he still fancied me
1: after
0: that. <laughs> what the hell? What's <laughs> all this? trouble this is way too much trouble just to pick up a chick it's way too much oh Oh, mate so ridiculous the lengths you'd go to to try and be different it's easier just being yourself
1: in all honesty so then in terms of like so this is like the front end but how did your parents um deal with this fashion evolution like you know was was you know well obviously you're leaving your house looking like Cindy Laubar like so <laughs> how did they kind of like deal with this whole transition or this this creative thing that was happening with you?
0: Um my mum was cool with it. She didn't really say much. But my dad he my dad was really strict so I'm surprised he let me go that far. <laughs> I'm really, really surprised. <laughs> He oh, just he left me to it as well. I remember my mum going on holiday um, to Germany to visit her siblings. Mm. And I stayed home because I was sorting out enrollment at college. Mm. And I heard my dad talking to my mum saying, this is your girl. She thinks she's a superstar. If you see the <laughs> jeans, the <laughs> jeans is ripped. It has safety clip. <laughs> I couldn't believe... I, he just left me to it. I'm really, really oh, surprised. Man. They were fine, I guess.
1: No, but Maybe that's... They
0: just, That's beautiful,
1: though. They were accepting of it.
0: Yeah, surprisingly. I also think my dad um, saw how hard I was on myself when I failed. Right. And he thought, there's no point punishing this girl because she's already, she's already, like, flogging herself. Yeah. Yeah, So anything I say is not really going to do anything. And I think he saw that and just thought, well, whatever decision she makes next, she'll probably do make the best decision for her because she's learned from her mistakes that's what mm-hmm. I think because my dad was really strict like when I was younger he'll tell me what to wear you can't do this you're not leaving the house so for him to let me go and do a subject that is not academic
1: at all mm, especially with the two cultures like yeah that's... what
0: you're going to do fashion you're going to draw and make clothes
1: <laughs> that's no. that's actually amazing because yeah
0: yeah because if my because the funny thing is if my daughter said she wanted to do fashion i would say really Mm. why why i would really sit her down and ask her why i wouldn't deter her yeah but i'd have her write down the pros and cons and then you know we'll we'll take it from there (laughs) you know it's
1: funny that i don't i i think with i think i was i had targets so like i dated some a guy when i was like i don't know how old was i i was like 12 and it was like one of these (laughs) kind of like movies you know like you you just want to do boyfriend girlfriend you don't really know what it entails but you're just there on the phone till 19 (laughs) so like with him we had a process of like talking about our future and all the things we were going to do and we planned it together so Mm. Inevitably, as life happens, we didn't end up staying together. In fact, my father chased him out of the house and then went to the pastor. (laughs) And then went to the pastor and asked for people's details. And then went to his house, knocked on his parents' door and said, your son was molesting my daughter. Oh my God, molesting? He's the same age as you. Bro, (laughs) like, so we got told that we can't be seen on the street together. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) we basically... Just said, yeah, we're going to go college and we're going to go uni and we're going to go do this, we're going to go do that, and yeah. I ended up having a mentor in secondary school because my Nigerian household was was not as um, harmonious as your own. Like it was <laughs> the atypical type of household for me. So like, obviously, yeah. at a point, you know, my teachers were aware of certain things that were going on in the house. So they basically felt that like yo we need to kind of help this girl out like we need to give her a mentor not knowing that I'd already had not a mentor but I'd been able to have a sounding board to say and a safe space to say this is what I want to do yeah yeah and to say this is what I want and to not look crazy so Mm. by the time the mentor started talking and then she would let me talk and I told her like I had my life planned up to the age of 24 and she was Mm. shocked that's
0: pretty (laughs)
1: Organized, yeah she was she was hella shocked she was like most 16 year 16 year old kids that i know don't do this and i was like well mm-hmm. well if your family situation is not like conducive in yeah. your mind you're planning your getaway bruv like you're exactly. planning your escape
0: I need to know how i make this money so i can get out get so out of here not to not this... live
1: this kind of life exactly
0: <laughs> you know exactly. what i'm saying so for me
1: it was like this is the only escape route
0: No, I definitely hear that.
1: So and then in terms of like culture and spirituality and creativity, um Mm. these topics for me have now been like crucial areas, especially when it when um it impacts the creative process. Like I used to find in um architecture, or at least when yeah, whether it's architecture or interior design, I get to a point in my project and it would feel like the project was designing itself that mm. I wasn't necessarily the one in the driver's seat and then I'd speak to other yeah. creatives and they kind of say similar things so yeah. I kind of came to a conclusion that there is some sort of creative spiritual alignment that happens mm. because like even when you hear about people in the music industry and some people are like, you know, it just came to me well, what yeah, what yeah, is yeah. that? Do you know what I'm saying? and how mm. do you kind of tap into it in a way that it's now like you know how to use it so my question to you is do you feel that the two cultures that you came from up against living in the UK and then your creative interests and things that you were exposed to did these have a connection to how you developed?
0: Yeah I I think so they can't not have to be in the beginning I really I was like, should I do textiles that is Nigerian textiles? Should I do textiles that is Ghanaian textiles? But I felt like I didn't want to just do one type of work. Mm. But I also wanted people to know that, first of all, I'm brown. And secondly, I'm half Nigerian, half Ghanaian. That's really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it it does you know it does inform my work because I when up so basically when I'm working Mm -hmm. or when I pitch ideas to companies to collaborate with in a nutshell I want everyone to know that embellished talk is run by a brown woman right Um, this brown woman loves doing embroidery this brown woman is a young brown woman that loves doing embroidery because embroidery is associated with a lot of older white women like mm. granny mm. Not, not your mm. there's even instagram accounts like not your grandma's embroidery or something mm. like that mm. i want everyone to know that someone like me is capable of doing this type of craft
1: but see that's the thing it's embedded in the culture but again it's background noise and things we tend to take for granted and i think it's mm. because maybe like we're second gen wall well first or second generation here and then it's yeah. like our parents just pushing to like just find that good life whereas the things that you know back home they're still making their own clothes they're still making their own crockery, yes. they're still yeah. gilding and stuff like that your, your parents ain't pushing you to die it's like no I can't that yeah. like, but <laughs> doctor. wait doctor Raya. and then you're you're confused as to why everything is imported in Nigeria well because yeah. you lot don't want people to be making stuff
0: <laughs> exactly you want to buy Ed Hardy or whatever or who, I don't know.
1: And, and just wear that. It's nuts to me because I, I watched a documentary on like the um, Yoruba heads. And you know, like mm. till today, like they can't really replicate that. Or like, should I say? The, Is that
0: the heads with all the different beading on it?
1: Yeah, but it's like metalwork. Oh, okay. Like the way they used to gild it, that technique. They were even saying that I think it's like, it's now a lost technique. And that saddened me. They lost Ooh. technique You mean that in the UK for instance Like <laughs> a couple of years ago They did a proper drive of like Made in Britain like craftsmanship What? Yeah Like how are you guys not seeing That you're sitting on a war chest of talent mm. Well you want to be I don't know <laughs> Craft is really um. It's Cause I think I'm in a bit
0: of a bubble I feel like there's a lot of people that are interested in craft. But when you speak to the general population, they they don't know you know, they don't know the difference between embroidery and knitting or they don't know how to sew a button on. Huh.
1: I, you know, it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really. It's not so apparent to people. It's not it is dying down this. You know, you'll only find one person or one business in Italy that makes a certain type of hat or mm. this craft place in India that does this type of timbre beading it's it's really limited It's dying down um, because of machine machinery or I don't know, people aren't interested in it anymore. I don't know why.
1: It's sad. It's sad. Cause like in primary school, I learned how to sew. We had like a Polish mm, woman mm. that we'd have classes and we just sew. And from there, you know my mum used to like have a singer sewing machine so like we she'd sew our clothes at home and like my I I realized when I got older that my mum's dad was a tailor and I was just like Uh. well I'm not surprised I'm a creative this thing's in our blood Mm. yeah it just comes through (laughs) it just comes through and it's just like it's just surprising to me how I think we've gotten dare I say lazy because everything is mass manufactured now Quickly,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: But the, exactly. the craft and the the the, the legacy and that you know the mindset as to how you went go- about creating this pattern. I think those are the beautiful stories. Like I don't know about you, but in like when I was selling like these high end garments and stuff, I love to tell people those stories because that's what mm. you know kind of buys them into it. No,
0: yeah, it makes them interesting as opposed to it just being a dress or just being a jacket it's got it's got a story behind it Mm.
1: so then with that being said what are the drivers to your craft I know you did say that you know you want people to know that you are a brown woman and you can do this work but you know how does that extend in the drivers to your craft and how you approach clients or, or get your work out there
0: so what drives me and keeps me interested is that embroidery is just so therapeutic Mm -hmm. I do it all the every day because it's the one thing that brings me joy and peace and it boosts my self-esteem and I'm not an academic person and I think for a a while I didn't think I was that intelligent but this is something that I really (laughs) yes I (laughs) don't think I was that I don't think I was dumb but I just didn't think I I just I didn't think of myself in that way but with embroidery I I am training myself to be an expert and I love that it's something that I'm training myself I'm not relying on anyone Mm. to to teach me I'm doing it all myself because at uni I didn't even study embroidery I did print Mm -hmm. and then when I graduated that's when I taught myself how to do embroidery Mm. and me me continuing to do that it just boosts my self-esteem it makes me feel um it makes me feel good about myself because I'm teaching myself I'm using my initiative I'm being proactive nobody's telling me to do this I don't have to do this I just really really want to do this Uh and the more I do it the more the more I do it the more I want to do it Uh the more I find out the more I want to find out Mm. it just keeps me it keeps me fueled and I've worked in a lot of boring jobs where I wasn't myself. I wasn't talkative. I just go to the office, you know, get on with it. My colleagues would ask me to go to lunch. I didn't want to go, <laughs> I didn't want to talk about the job. It was boring. <laughs> and I just wasn't the best version of myself. Yeah. But embroidery, I'm the, I'm the best version of myself and I love uh-huh. it. So that keeps me, that just keeps me motivated. Uh-huh. That I'm doing it for myself, for my, for my self-esteem. That's amazing. It, it,
1: when um I started, like, okay, so when I started making music, because like secondary secondary school, when I got my exam mm-hmm. results, the one A was in music, but mm-hmm. I didn't consider to even take myself to music school because I just didn't know how that conversation yeah. with my parents would go down. <laughs> Mm. I just in my head it was like no pick something else it's okay yeah <laughs> but then can do music at home <laughs> well see this is the thing like I I was singing in churches and stuff but like when I got into college I think after we did sit in isn't it and I went and did my art foundation at Croydon College and at that point yeah. I met a couple of people and we would start going studio and I was starting to you know watch how the work in the studio is done, how things come about. But it was very much people instructing me on, oh, sing like this, do this, even though I'd had the vocal lessons. So I found it very, like, I didn't know how to move forward in that space with so many people, like, instructing me. And then my Mm. dad was pulling me out of studios. It was just embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Embarrassing. It was too much. And, yeah, I couldn't, I, I just got to a point where I was like, we sat down, he had a conversation after he pulled me out of the thing and, like, embarrassed me in front of hella people. And then he was mm. like, listen, Renata, music will always be there. Get an education yeah, first. <laughs> you have to understand, like, that thing where, like, you enjoy this, this feeds you. Like, mm. that's where I was at with music. Like, you know, when we'd have the classes in um, secondary school. What, you mean I have a whole hour plus to just sit with a couple of people and, like, get this compose this out of my head I was so happy doing yes. that so of course like pushing myself and finding another creative outlet and struggling through that whole process of like education to get to where I wanted I started mm. like making beats on my on GarageBand and yeah. then when I, it, there was a point when it hit me like nah you're actually good you know <laughs> yeah
0: that, that's what I love when you, when you tell yourself that you're good I was shocked it's like <laughs> not it's not a common for me that's not a common um internal monologue no. it's constantly like
1: berating oh, you yourself
0: <laughs> maybe you should do that why did you say yeah. that to yeah. her? you should have said this to her but when you make something that you you're interested in and you learn something and you complete it or whatever and you're like mm-hmm. wow wow look at, look at me yo like it Bro. will gas
1: you up that
0: of course, you're yourself. Why
1: the hell not? By the time I started playing it to people, like I'd, I'd like, fueled myself up so bad because, like, I started listening to my own music and it was just like, mm. okay, okay. Then I started, like, venturing out and being to people. Oh, you know what? Becoming... <laughs> and then coming out venturing out to people like you don't want to gas it as much as like you've gassed yourself internally but you'd be yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like oh like i've been making stuff on the side and then like yeah, yeah. people's reactions <laughs> to the things i made rebecca mm. it was almost like who is this person you you yeah. make music
0: did you find the best reactions from people you didn't think would
1: react that way no i was scared I was like you've been you've been presenting one way <laughs> the straight jacket is now hurting you and mm. now like i felt like i was acting out because it was almost like okay so i'm close to like i'm almost there to be uncharted. and now i just want to yeah. decide and be be doing creativity like but i need because i i got to a point like in my personal life and stuff like things had mm. just fallen apart like things were just not necessarily the way I wanted it I had pushed yeah. down so much internal baggage and I said no before I fist myself I must collect all these degrees and know that I am employable <laughs> that I am a yeah. responsible person to the world exactly <laughs> let me make some money but like it had it's um it, it took its toll on me so like I checked into therapy like January last year I'm <laughs> mm, and then just um yeah, and I think in that process was also when I'd gone back and listened because I started making music in two thousand and ten and I realised, oh my god, you've actually made loads of tracks. Oh my god, yeah. like so what are we doing with this now? What what are we gonna do? Because yeah. I was almost I was at the point where I was like, any skill you have, whether it's um it's a trained skill or something that you developed, if you don't use it, skill. yeah, like a learned skill, if you don't use it, you will lose it and yeah definitely I just started getting scared that if I don't start doing all the creative things I wanted to do I'm gonna get old Mm. and regret it and then look at my kids and hate them
0: (laughs) yeah you'll you'll feel resentful and the thing the thing is you're able to you know you're physically Mm. able you're mentally able you 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 take it for granted you can hear you have your you have your hearing Mm -hmm. Uh, you can you can participate there's nothing
1: holding you back no why not it's that internal self-chat where you're like you know, I used to tell myself stuff like, No, nah, you don't really wanna be a, a musician because like you know how the media likes to just dig up all your stories, as if to say that as a teenager <laughs> I have enough baggage that people would even care about to like really wanna exploit. <laughs> because because Beyonce I'm Beyonce out, out here, like, you know, and you know how we treat each other when it comes God. to like dating my like people wanna hide their body counts or do it on the DL mm, as mm, like mm, a hair. Mm. So it's now that some of these useless men will come and be gay man, yeah. I was yeah. just like, you don't want any <laughs> of that, so just sit it's yourself down. That, that
0: talk, that type of talk, is hilarious when you say it out loud because it almost, when you say it out loud, it's like, what well, who do I think? Oh, I exactly, am? like I'm, I'm important, but calm
1: down. It's not that deep. <laughs> it's not, that it's deep. not that deep. <laughs> yeah. Calm yourself down. <laughs> Nobody's trying to No. <laughs> you can actually live. Like you can actually exactly. live. Exactly. But I just conclude like it's a full on like I think it, there's just a fear in the atmosphere where just, we're just not yeah. comfortable with being our true selves because of what we think everyone's going to think whereby you're talking yeah. to yourself. Nobody is there. You cannot exactly. reach nobody, these conclusions on your own. Nobody
0: even knows because you haven't done you
1: understand? Yet. You just it. just <laughs> stolen it's crazy okay so um with that being said then um what is the story behind your workshops and do you impart this level of therapeutic um well-being and just being confident about things you're doing and empowering yourself but those also things that you put into your workshops and what is the general feedback
0: yeah yeah definitely and uh, so I started my workshops um so I started, Embedded Talk started as a blog. I interviewed different d- textile designers because I wanted to know how they, I wanted to know what type of jobs they did. I wanted to know if it was, hob- if they were doing it for a mm. hobby. Was it a part-time job? Was it a full-time job? How did they get into it? I wanted to know because even though I studied textiles, I've not, I've only ever had like one textile job-ish and it wasn't even properly textiles. Mm. It was difficult to find a job in textiles basically so I started interviewing other makers because I wanted to know how they made money from from Mm. their work from Mm. their craft and it was just really interesting it was enjoyable it was nice chatting to different people because these were all complete strangers but we just clicked because we understood I was asking the right questions then just things about equipment just about the strands Mm. of the thread and all this technical stuff it was just nice to share that with Mm -hmm. with someone Um, so that took off slowly and I enjoyed doing it and I was working as an administrator at the time and I I, in the back of my mind I thought I would love to do workshops I'd love to make money from textiles I think workshops would be a good idea and it was just lingering in my mind I thought that I had to have loads of followers on Instagram I thought that I needed more experience but how do you get experience if you don't uh, do it um, and then I started networking with other women at events and I ran my first workshop in Nails, the nail salon in Soho is shut okay. down now um, and that was a really big that was a good start to the first workshop because Nails was, was a big brand it was run by Sharma Reed, who is an amazing
1: she's amazing
0: mm-hmm. period but she's a, if you don't know her she's a brown woman she's a businesswoman. she's a mother she's she's very honest she doesn't talk she's intelligent but she's not um okay. intimidating and she talks very normally and i was really inspired by her so to be able to do my first workshop was, was a in good space, win just it was <laughs> a wicked yeah. foundation, I thought Ooh, look at me, I'm do workshops <laughs> in p and now see. and it just gave me so much confidence to just start mm. doing it and then I continued to do workshops, I pitched to other like, spaces that I really liked and said oh I've done a workshop with now mm. it went really well and it just took off from there because it helps to have those type yeah. of names to just mm. you know, name drop, mm-hmm. it's leverage and it shows that You've been trusted, so they can mm-hmm. also trust you. So that's how the workshop started. And um, to answer your the second question, whenever people come to my workshops, I don't I don't push it on them to say, "Oh, this is mm-hmm. really relaxing," or any. I just show them this is embroidery, this is this stitch, mm-hmm. this is that stitch, this is the the equipment. And once they get into it, majority all the time, at least one person says. I was so therapeutic mm. I really enjoyed it oh I'm gonna buy a hoop I really loved it oh what's your Instagram I'm gonna follow because mm. I love this and someone always leaves feeling like, mm. oh, that was so good it was so nice to switch off that was so much fun and that that I guess is is great because me being myself is allowing someone yeah. to yeah. relax and that's that's actually an amazing gift I've never really thought about it until you asked me the question I don't force anyone to to now come and relax it's not Mm. yoga I mean some people find it stressful because they can't you know thread the needle Mm. and stuff but just me showing them what embroidery is gives them a room to creatively relax I guess I think so yeah it's easy say that again it's it's easy running workshops because I I love I love them so it's just it's funny me running workshops is just like me
1: sewing and then I've got a group of people around me
0: so it's it's second nature see it's
1: funny you say that because I was thinking while you were talking about it to if to get your space yourself into a space of quietness we have so much Mm. general internal chatter then up against you gotta make money you gotta do this the world is falling apart oh this is happening oh that's happening there's bills there's this we don't give ourselves the space and time of like you know back in the village or like back in the day where like people were just uh, wake up in the morning, have breakfast and then take a walk down the meadows and mm. just stroll and make notes yeah. in my sketchbook and <laughs> yeah. oh by the way, I have poetry now <laughs> yeah. do you know what I'm saying? exactly, <laughs> exactly. there's no but time. I think in creating these workshops you've created a, a space for people to not only learn something, learn something that is not pressure filled and also Mm, Allowing mm. them to have a space of self-reflection Because I remember when we were sewing as Definitely. kids There was just the quietness to it Because you're really just focusing How do I get this crow stitch the way I want it?
0: Yeah, exactly And then they get very determined And they're like, oh, how much have we got left in the works? I mm. really want to finish this And they, they're they're just, they're motivated And another thing is that Because everyone is mm-hmm. so relaxed we're all really honest. We have some mm, random mm. conversations. You know when you go to the hair shop or get your nails done and you mm. overhear someone's conversation mm-hmm. and you just join in. That's exactly it. My last workshop, it was really like hanging out with my friends. I mean a couple of them mm-hmm. were my friends, but the fact that a lot of them were strangers and we all just vibes. It's together, like a weed circle. That's priceless. <laughs> that's priceless. That's priceless. <laughs> And I'm not a particularly chatty person. I do not yeah. like small talk. So for me to engage and for everyone else to be intrigued and engaged and chatting, it's absolutely mm. amazing,
1: I think. No, that's pretty cool, though. Everyone's just there bearing their soul and just, <laughs> it's a safe space. Yeah, just it's chatting just, about... I wouldn't necessarily say this thing to exactly. a whole bunch of strangers, but right now it feels good to do this. <laughs> it's fine. I don't
0: mind. I don't care. We're all, it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, definitely.
1: Okay, so then we are in the current climate climate of uh, COVID nineteen. Yes. And how yeah. has your I know it's pretty early on, but I think we've been put in quarantine mm. for what is it two weeks now? Has it been two weeks?
0: Yeah, we're coming up this is the second week. It feels like it's been ages. Not in a bad
1: way, it just feels like Because it's everyone been has been told a to stop now. We're back in village days. We're back in, yeah. like, I can... Well, you can't take walks yeah. in the park, but, you know, you have time to think now. <laughs> <laughs> Two meter, Two meter. Space. So, has it affected your pockets financially? How do you see yourself getting 100%. through this I mean uh, what I started seeing over the cu- first couple of days was that a lot of firms it was almost like they had serious like team meetings and strategies H&M came out mm. with you know loungewear for home it's like dude we're in quarantine like yeah. you know, is is it fashion yeah like or you know people are yeah. now setting up webinars some brands are
0: it's very cringe when brands are trying to look at the end of the day get your coin but for me at the moment i'm not sure if clothing is important right now food is important and being able to entertain yourself at home is important but pushing your loungewear yeah i don't know but anyways co- corona covid19 um yeah it's definitely affected my pocket i've had Um, I had a workshop planned next week in Peckham I was emailing loads of different brands and companies and museums to run workshops there I was proper on a roll because prior to that I was on maternity leave and my daughter was in nursery so once she was, I had the childcare sorted I just had so much room to get on with shit and it was, I was on a roll I'm not even going to lie but it stopped. And for a while, I was really upset. And I was really like, fucking Corona's like blocking me. Like, I, I, I was, I got narcissistic. I was like, this Corona's ruining everything. I was supposed to, have to do this. I was supposed to make money. To the oh, I, can't do I was narcissistic. I'm not going to lie. But I had, you know, I checked myself because mm. we're all fine, we're healthy we've got food we've got an, a nice you know calm mm. home to be in so yeah it's it is really frustrating but I'm confident in my hustle and when things go back to normal you know it's back to business and during this time mm-hmm. my partner's still working he's been working from home for a while so mm-hmm. it hasn't affected gang me, gang luckily. team working from
1: home um.
0: <laughs> their pockets never change <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's just business as usual for him so he's lucky um so but during this time when I have those moments to myself when he can mm. look after Cleo our daughter I just think of things that I want to do in the future I'm, I make mental notes you know I'm just I have to I definitely want to carry on with workshops because people love embroidery people mm. want to do something hands-on and you know if touch wood this never happens again but if it ever does they've got the knowledge to you know do some embroidery at home True to that. stay sane <laughs> um and funnily enough it's it's made me more i don't know about confident it's made me less shy because i have finally started putting myself on my instagram like on insta stories i'm doing tutorials now for
1: that because
0: (laughs) i just i just have to what else am i gonna do do my mind if i don't if i don't have my creative outlet so i thought what's the worst that can happen nothing either two people like it or they don't no one's gonna tell me to stop doing it so i thought let me just use my platform to continue Mm -hmm. sharing the work so I'm not going to lie. I want to build a following. I want... No, you have I'm to it. I'm going to say it out No, now you, have have want...
1: you have to tell them. You have to tell them and let the, the post office, the, the, <laughs> the shadow them. cabinet start working. <laughs> and that's the fear that we don't like. If I tell people I want to do this, they're going to think I'm mad. Who the hell do I think I... No, tell them, bruv. Tell them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I want loads of followers. And I've been talking to myself about this. And I say to myself, why do you don't you not think it's tacky it. that you want loads of followers keep that internal and self-chat. you know what Renata, I've so been really I've been talking to myself and breaking it down and I the, my conclusion is I'm so passionate about what I do the whole Good. fucking world needs to Good. see it I'm sorry I'm not doing selfies I'm not asking <laughs> you to validate my beauty I'm not asking you to say look at my natural hair Jay yeah. I just want you to see my work and I want you yeah. to like it and it's as simple as that so that's that's how I'm, you know, continuing to stay productive during this time, and that's what I want. So that's follow what me, we guys. Had to do. That's, that's that's what I want for the time being, so that when you know things are back to normal, I have leverage and can be like, yeah. So we can collaborate. I have five hundred thousand followers. You know, I can help promote mm-hmm. your business because mm-hmm. it helps. Let's not lie. That stuff helps. It's like a commodity. Well, see, this is the thing. We did talk about,
1: way. um you invited me to one of your workshops in Lagos, which I said, I'm going to be there. Hopefully it's still going to be there. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I'm fingers crossed
0: that that workshop in Lagos happens this year. It's hopefully going to be in well,
1: October. Is... <laughs> Corona, please. I wanted to go launch the away whole collection in. like in oh. October, November. And just with my money cut, me. I can't prototype things the way I want to do it. So, And that was even hard for me because you know, like, changing the plan when you really did not want to change the bloody plan. Yeah. And
0: this is like, this is not, this is no change that we're not prepared for. This is a new change. It's not like they said, oh, push Uh -uh. the date forward or push the date back or can you do this? This, I've never experience anything like this in when my my
1: interviews so it's
0: really it's really just yeah you've got to be creative with it if you if everybody you care about and you love is safe and you've got food to eat then you know try and keep it moving within the realm (laughs) that's that's all I'm saying to myself everybody I care about is safe Mm -hmm. So let me not complain. Mm-hmm. We've got food. My partner's a wicked cook. So let me not complain. And let me try and keep it productive as I within well, the realm I was thinking
1: and that, it, um, like, off our first chat, I was, and then I started, I have a videographer in um Nigeria that he does some amazing work. And, like, we're working in the background to you know, I got, I did the whole movie, film treatment that I wanted him to do, because I was just like, I want to get these stories out about mm. these makers, these weavers, because you know, I studied them in my yeah. um, architecture thesis, and then it was just like, I felt a bit of a connection infinity to them, because it was like, my granddad was a tailor, yo, like, how do we connect architectural, interior design and the love for fashion? <laughs> how do we do this? And it got me thinking, like, I want a home section. Mm. Mm. I want a home collection, but before I do this home collection, I want to show the story of these makers because I only want to work with makers in Nigeria that could that still have this craft because I just kind of feel like it, it, it yeah. I will not be alive and it dies <laughs> like it's just, just where yeah, it's exactly
0: if you know about it, yeah, if you know about it and you know it's slowly dying and you're passionate then you try and so i feel like with
1: me and you i mean we've talked about doing these collabos and stuff but definitely hearing a lot more about what you you do and stuff and like i can see the footage that's coming through and stuff like i think we could do a mini like rebecca and idx interior (laughs) exclusive (laughs)
0: I'm up for it. <laughs> Renata, I'm up for it because Aww. I love interiors. I love looking at it. I, like, I love it, but honestly, when I look on Instagram or look on YouTube, because those are the two places where I hmm. get a lot hmm. of visuals from, a lot of the people doing interiors are it's all in the white people. And that's there's not,
1: nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with that's not. I don't see there's me, There's nothing bro. wrong
0: with that, but... <laughs> black people like nice things too <laughs> can Asian we not show like
1: ourselves
0: nice too we like, i like <laughs> buying flowers black or people you... buy flowers too you
1: know we go
0: to the flower market <laughs>
1: well see this is the thing it's like that those norms are not att- attributed to why like do like
0: to us exactly my friends they're all of mixed you know heritage and they all like Nice things. I just want to see more people that look like me and my friends in that
1: kiss. <laughs> Yo, buying table You understand? Because we eat on tables, table, and... we sit and have family dinners. We don't do yeah. TV dinners, like
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and sometimes we eat with our right hands, but that would be very nice that we eat on. No, it's true. It's true. I want to see that. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not don't don't it's not about hating hating but at the end of the day when we were growing
1: up like come on all the fashion designers that you were seeing in the books did you see yourself so did that tell you that you could do it like at the end of the the day for instance hussein bolt broke the the speed the racing speed or whatnot yeah but what you notice after that is after he did it Mm. it took a couple years but people started becoming able to do it that is visibility in saying yeah. that we want to see more of ourselves out there exactly. it does not mean that we hit you people or any because mm. at the end of the day we're all in the world we have to work yeah. together regardless of you know yeah i mean this corona is exactly the we saying, when the money the goes world. and everything you'll be scratching your nyash if you don't have paper because some people obviously don't know yeah. that they could just go and wash their ass <laughs> in the bath anyway i digress <laughs> i digress <laughs>
0: god that's another podcast that's enough
1: you're all out there buying toilet paper you don't know that you just I mean, wash it in, is, in the bath the last of your worries so if that's of the case worries, like you bath. know if you even like yeah. i saw one um i've forgotten her name now but she's a comedian and she was like she's actually tired she's actually mm. tired i was thinking okay what's it gonna be what's, what's what, what is she tired about she said all the um uk newspapers mm have basically, you know, they're clapping hands for, like, the medical, and um, the NHS, the workers of the NHS. But everybody on those covers, ha, hoybo. And she was like, wait, mm. if you've been in the hospital getting any medical treatment within the last 50 years, you will know that what's on the cover of the newspapers is not a clear representation of what it is. she get it's what I'm not, saying?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because my GP is Bangladeshi, my midwife is so, Nigerian. The girl that did my injection after I had my
1: C-section, she was a Somali girl. That, so... you, know, you don't want to give us our own accolades? Are we not in it with you? <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Mm, even even in this true. space and time, like it's yo, just come on now. Are yeah. you taking the piss? it's, it's interesting yeah
0: it's interesting how we can always have similar subjects about diversity and oh, i'm even tired of the word it just sounds a bit like buzzwordy just shows exactly because then we wouldn't have to street, keep shouting you know what we live in london yeah we live in london and you know oh, i don't know i just want to see more people that look like me and my friends doing things that I like. And it's not to say that these people aren't doing it. There's not enough
1: visibility. So me?
0: No, No, even influencers. There's there's only one Korean-American influencer that I like. The rest are, I like them, but they're all
1: Caucasian. (sighs) So basically, we need to put ourselves out there. We just need to put ourselves out there and be telling the stories we want to hear, we want to see. Because at the end of the day, I think mentally... Mm. i'm I'm, I'm kind of probably going off subject here but mentally and emotionally it is actually quite destructive to look out in the world and not see yourself it is it it messes you up and i only realized that when like i was in therapy i was like wow (laughs) so this is why i pushed myself so hard like Mm. because i just want to be i just want to be out here doing what i want and having what did i say to you i just want to be paid for, for doing things i love that's yeah, that's <laughs> in my Instagram bio. I wanna be safe doing the stuff I like. I stole that one <laughs> And I don't wanna be like judged for oh, why are you doing it this way? Oh you know it's not quite this it's not quite it's not quite anything. That's it's just, just me. Yeah. It's just what I just want to just do. So it it it, my and just be it. happy. Are you happy? Me, I'm happy. Like mm-hmm. and just leave it there, bro. Exactly. But Exactly. I got a couple last questions. So we've already covered your academic experience (laughs) here is it here it is um Mm -hmm. how would you what would you have said to your younger self
0: oh easy peasy i would have just told myself (laughs) don't hang around with those friends (laughs) i did another podcast with my my Mm -hmm. friends ola and maggie Um, it's called displaced people and they asked me the same question that is From here on out, that's what you're going to hear on podcasts, guys. Don't listen. Listen to yourself and get away from that friend. Do you know how many times I've
1: had a friend and I thought, "Mm, But you still keep her around like dirty laundry. Yes, No, but you're in always saying, you know what? I don't need this.
0: Yeah. My grandma always used to say to me, don't have too many friends. Just have a few friends. All these friends, friends you're bringing to the house (laughs) is too much. And even that that internal voice, even now, there are sometimes people I meet, not often, but there are people I meet and they'll ask me, Oh, I saw that you collaborated with this person. Let's do a collaborate oh let's collaborate together, let's do something together. And I get the feeling that they think I'm more mm-hmm. than I am.
1: And so they're I, trying to jump I don't know, on. Something they're, they're in trying my... to use you to, to yeah. collect
0: they don't know I'm, try- I'm-, exactly. they don't know I'm yeah. crying myself, but there are people I meet and I get that vibe from them and I'm not going to be horrible, but I'm just going to yeah. trust you. It's fair and simple because, yeah. And it's as simple as that. And sometimes I'm still battling and I'm like, no, 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 just listen to yourself. You, mm-hmm. you know this. Because when I'm talking to you, I don't feel that. But when I'm talking to other people, I'm like... <laughs> I feel like she's just <laughs> trying to use what She thinks I've got in in, in high
1: places that she can just, just... She'll follow you everywhere yeah. like Dora the Explorer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Nah, bro. Exactly. Me and Solange are homies. <laughs> Beyonce, you know. I can just do like some embroidery collabs with her. And Michelle Obama's like... No, I'm not... I, I'm not that... No. Just... It, we're not it's not going to work because i don't but i think trust that's the thing you. sometimes people don't so want I'm to just, work for
1: it that's that's the
0: advice yeah that's that's exactly it they just see the end product and then come and dm and ask you all these questions as if questions you didn't take time it doesn't happen often <laughs> i'm not yeah i don't want to toot my own horn off for people to think i'm all that not at all it's just it's happened on a handful of occasions and it just makes me think i don't it's... even know you i can't even remember your name
1: i have to go to your bio to look at your name no. <laughs> but i think <laughs> do you know like no. when i used to work um in the practice i was working at like i just i got to a point i just was tired of, get, of being told how to like you'll come in you'll be like okay so what's happening today what's happening today and you just take work that's Mm. given to you and then like I started pushing myself a little bit more like this is not what architecture is about bruv like you're supposed to be the one designing this stuff Mm. so as soon as I started like taking ownership and like looking at the beginning concepts of the the mail that we were getting in from the client and then I started realizing hey this is the things that they taught you at school but you were sitting here waiting for what no one's gonna give you your jump on bruv like (laughs) you gotta give yourself that Mm. push and yeah, I, exactly. I feel like sometimes exactly. when people do see this small, small blowage that you're getting or you, you're celebrating internally. But it's like, yo, the thinking time it took to really get this out exactly. and execute it. Yeah.
0: The loops, the time it took to find the, hmm. even the right you think it's just to send it to. <laughs> And you think, I'm just going to tell you now. You have to
1: do a bit no. yourself first. I like, you have you. to have some skin in the game. You can't... That's the thing. I'm going to go with, like, That's... our parents. You cannot rip where you did not soap. You cannot. I'm not <laughs> having it. <laughs> exactly. It's criminal. It's criminal. Exactly. Go away. <laughs> mix that. that.
0: Definitely. I find it funny, though, that people have the audacity. I do. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should be like that. But I'm too embarrassed to just, in like message someone and say oh how did you get that in, that collab
1: exactly so i want to find out myself so they can be I like i made her now yeah i don't want to
0: no i'll figure it out i'll go on your picture i'll see who you've tagged i'll go on them i'll see on their instagram <laughs> oh there's an email sweet that's it it's not hard
1: people don't want to think for themselves it's, not hard. it's difficult to move from Mm-mm. being someone who's just accepting of what life gives them to actually saying like i want more And it's okay to want more. And it doesn't make me bougie. But Mm. I just want... I like nice things. (laughs) That's it. it. I I just like... Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. So in saying that... um, Definitely. What are the things outside of, like... What are the external factors that also feed your passion? I mean, it seems to me that you pick from everywhere, which is what I like to... I like creatives that are like that because you don't limit yourself to... You know mm. where you're plugging information. It could be a conversation with someone. It could be. So, what feeds your fashion, yeah. your your fashion passion, <laughs> your fashion, outside of um, embroidery? <laughs> oh my god! At really? the moment,
0: it's food. Um, Want to hear so this? There are, yeah, there are a few accounts on Instagram. One particular that uh-huh. I remember called Isabel Bakes. Um, she's she bakes cakes and she cooks food. And it's so beautiful that you don't even care if it's going to taste yeah, nice. Yeah. It just looks beautiful, and the colors she uses that inspires me to oh, that lilac looks Ooh. nice with that cherry red. Oh, it looks great yeah. on a gingham fabric. Though at the moment it's food, um, and make it, before it was makeup, like lipstick shades mm-hmm. really inspired me, and the shapes of lips and makeup tutorials. But yeah, at the moment it's food. Nice. It's table settings. Kitchen table, where's because what the next time I do workshops, I would, I don't want it to just be like you come and sit down, and do a workshop. I want the table to look like, Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. where's my name? You know, that's yeah. no, like like, that. where am I sitting? You're not just gonna park your bum anyway. That's what I want, and that's why, yeah, food and, and kitchen and supper clubs they that will inspire so cool. me a lot.
1: I didn't expect, I don't know what I was expecting, yeah. but I didn't expect and it's like, perfect that's, that's because... amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: and we need food right now, so it's, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so when you look on my Instagram you'll see I tend to do uh, mm-hmm. an inspirational picture. No, yeah, just I've like a them. picture that I like and then my embroidery Yeah, so then my embroidery
1: next to it to show this and is what makes it was sense, inspired because you're, you're then from. it's like being able to translate what the way that's the thinking was in a- a creative way that's not yeah. this, this necessary necessarily pastiche, but like okay, let's just try yeah. something different. No, oh, that's really cool. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And like you're a mummy. <laughs> Yay. I'm a <your> mum. <laughs> and like how how has motherhood like affected or enriched how you work? Is that a
0: Okay. Um, A lot. Yeah. One. In. It's affected my work one hundred percent because when I was on maternity leave, I couldn't work as Mm -hmm. much as I wanted to, or I couldn't Mm -hmm. work basically. And when she or when she was in nursery, that time I had to myself, it just made me very focused. Like, you've got six hours to get Mm -hmm. what you need done, because. After that, need to pick her up, and then you know it's back to looking after her. So, it's made me really focused. It's made me not procrastinate. It's also made me own it as well. Because if I am, for whatever reason, not doing any work, it's like, well, you know, you're not working as hard today. Don't beat yourself up about it. Mm -hmm. You just do it tomorrow. It's just made me really focused, and I love love working. I didn't
1: that you could love it like this. Yeah, I love work. But well, that's oil. the thing. What's it? They say if I... you if you pick something you'll love, you'll never work a day in your life.
0: No, that's it. And I love it so much that I assume everyone else does. It's only when I hear other people talking, I'm like, oh yeah, shit, not everyone loves their job, you <laughs> know. I forget because it's so normal to me. I forget that yeah. everyone else does, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But I love it. Oh, I love it. Getting paid is just the No, literally. The
1: there's,
0: there's some jobs I've done and I've taken ages to send this in, mm-hmm. but it's not because I'm balling, but I've just been so gassed Yeah, that it's like, itself. I'll, I'll
1: get to my money, but right now, we did it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. And then, um,
1: so, assuming COVID-19 decides to allow us to actually I don't think things will be normal after Please. this I think it, it's, gonna no, att- no, it's gonna it's gonna going be, a, be new a new normal novel. and like I was talking to my other half today and he was saying to me that um basically the air quality is actually better since everything has shut down yeah and I, I was thinking that. to him like I, I said to him like listen like can you imagine if like once every quarter everyone in the world was caught, was told to work from home. Do you know what that would do to yeah. the planet? And then, like, I almost had, like, a flashback to, like, when I would watch things like Star Trek or, like, Stargate, and they go to communities mm. that are evolved, And I was like, oh, my God, that could send us into, like, a, a, the next the next level of enlightenment can you imagine all of us collectively agreeing yes. that once a month one, uh, once every quarter for a whole month we will shut down work we will figure out ways to do things yeah. because at the end of the day I get it we want the bottom line but if the planet doesn't exist there'll be no one to collect the bottom exactly. line <laughs> we need it <laughs> exactly what bottom line are you collecting <laughs> there's no just... line so what um what are you planning for your future things to be i know we've already talked about lagos but what else have you got in the bag mm. of tricks planned
0: oh, do you know what? i'd love to have a youtube you channel with embroider
1: with, with embroidery
0: tutorials and um it there are loads of tutorials
1: on youtube but they're not gonna look at like Have you seen your face? Because you just do it with some kind of flair and <laughs> finesse that is just Rebecca.
0: Yeah, I think because there are so many tutorials, I think I feel like I can do something a little bit outside the box. There's a makeup tutorial a makeup artist called Violet mm-hmm. F R. And she does makeup tutorials. She you knows she'll show you how to do eyeliner, she'll show you how to do like apply concealer, whatever, all these different tricks. But she does them in she does them in her home sometimes and her home is really beautiful. Or she does them in different restaurants and bars around New York. Or she'll go to someone nice. else's home and that person happens to be an artist, so they'll have their artwork in the background. So it's really collaborative and creative. It's not just let me put lipstick yes. on. Because there's so many there's so much already so how can I make it a bit more interesting and that is
1: pretty cool though and gaze, is actually
0: yeah more mm. of an audience
1: it exposes a lot of people to different things so
0: that's... exactly maybe they might not like the embroidery but they like the table mm, that'm mm. doing it on or maybe they don't like the table but they love the embroidery I just need to you know there's got to be different mm-hmm. avenues because there's there's so much embroidery stuff out there and I'm not saying I'm gonna be
1: unique but I think it's important to add something else yeah. to it as yeah. well. I always say that, like, once you feel, not even once you get to a point that you feel you can teach, I think anytime you learn a new skill, you're actually at that level capable to teach someone else how to get to hmm. that level. You shouldn't yeah. necessarily wait till you get expert because at the end of the day, you know, life is not perfect. And I used to say to myself, I can't no. do A, B, and C because I'm trying to get this. And until I get this, the rest of my life will move and I've just realized that actually it doesn't work like that it's just like you may want a baby but you may not be ready for the baby even though you plan for the baby like life is never perfect so Mm. each one teach one type thing
0: exactly and there's I mean this time that we're in has just shown me that when you have an idea and you're able to do it Mm -hmm. just do it because Don't know when they're going to lock
1: everything down, and then
0: you'll be regretting that. I
1: mean, that time I was ready, things were planned. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You only have the day, every day is the day Mm. you get just exactly to do it. Well, we're we're letting off gems already, but like, just to conclude, what are the tips and tricks you would tell? anyone that you know wants to either start up something i know we've covered some of them but you know we can still give more
0: (laughs) i think you should just do it and don't worry if it doesn't look perfect don't compare yourself to that person that has a hundred thousand followers just do it and you know what get your friends to jump on Mm -hmm. board just get them to cheerlead you. I don't know what it is you want to do, but just get them to help you and get them to be your customer, get them to be your follower, get them to be... Just let them help you because that's what True. friends are for. Get them, Just say, oh, mate, I've started this, whatever. Can you tell your yeah. other friends at work? Can you tell your boyfriend's friends? Can you tell your... Fian- just let them help you spread the word. Don't try and reach
1: Creative everyone. evangelization.
0: Yeah, start with your your inner circle, friend,
1: and then take it from there. No, definitely, I can't believe I sat there and just said creative evangelism. But I swear, that's how they used to get us when we do our things. They'd be like, hey, speak to your parents, invite this person for the event, give this flyer, knock on this door, yeah. do this thing.
0: Tell, us, tell a friend yeah. to
1: tell a friend. No, <laughs> Becca, it's been an absolute pleasure to do this interview Thank with you. you and me i'm cheering for you and we're gonna get this pop in like <laughs> um when when, when, when we, we can, can. <laughs> within safe safe proximities of, it, of each other <laughs> Yeah, uh, two meters apart. <laughs> but um where mm-hmm. can we find you and follow you and hear all your great stories and your workshops and interviews with other creatives within the embroidery community
0: so my website embellishedtalk.com and on instagram it's the same at embellished talk um, and if you want to follow me personally it's rebecca Apara. but more importantly follow embellished talk that is the one that i want to build up
1: yeah and that's Yay! it oh this has been <laughs> so cool i'm so gassed I Thank love hearing you. everyone's stories. No, it. man, it was just, it was worth it. Like, I was just like, no, nah, Rebecca's still a creative. I got to talk to her. I, I got to talk to her. She didn't, she didn't, <laughs> she didn't drop out. She, she didn't say, this is not for me. Definitely I'm a, I'm a scientist not. of some sort. Now I'd have been like, whoa, like, you, you went clear. <laughs> Never. <laughs> definitely not. So... That brings today's show to an end. Um, Like I say all the time, if you like the stories that we share on here, please follow us on Studio RDNX on Instagram. And you can also follow Musings Behind the Creative and listen to us on, uh, I think now we should be on Anchor. Um, But I will get you guys the full information for that. But um, you could follow us on the website at studio rdnx studio rdnx hyphen no what am i saying let me start again you (laughs) could follow us on instagram at studio rdnx and all our tree links are in the top part of the profile so that you will always get links to listening to this podcast and i've been your host renata dixon and if you want to follow me you can follow me on loma medici also on instagram we will see you in another episode. Stay safe. Bless.